Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Liverbird pod. Yes, I know we've had a long break again, but never fear, we have lots and lots to talk about. Um, I have my regular contributors, Amy, Kate and Randy, with me today for this edition and we're looking forward to getting into a number of meaty subjects, may I say. Um, so, first and foremost, welcome, ladies. And we're going to kick off uh, with our latest game, our 2-0 win against Brighton. Um, so, Randy, let me start with you. What was your, what was your take of, on the Brighton game? Hello, I'm so glad to be back before I say anything else. Um, well, I must admit I didn't actually watch the game yesterday, so I was having a social day doing all sorts of different stuff, being on a concert, meeting people I haven't seen in a long time. But, of course, as normal, I see the, um, uh, I go into the LFC, um, uh, TV, uh, and see, uh, all thing I can see about the game. So I, as looking at it, and looking at all the comments on Twitter as well, I I saw that, thank God we've still got Alisson, the best keeper in the world, because he hardly had anything to do, but in the end of the match, he, he made one of those cat reaction saves that made us, uh, gave us a clean sheet, which was a lovely thing, of course, because we need them going further, forward uh, mm-hmm. because of the goal difference and everything. And I could also spot Matip's ball to Diaz uh, before he was uh, <laughs> laid bare to the ground after he thankfully got us the goal. So what a ball for Matip. Uh, brilliant. And uh, Diaz looks unplayable, doesn't he? Uh, I'm so, so happy for him and for us. And, and listening to Klopp talking about him as well, because, of course, he, he gets a lot of questions about him. Mm. He says, well... We knew what we got uh, in a way. Uh, we knew that he would be a good fit. Uh, he's still got things to do when it comes to defending, but it is hard not to praise him because every match he just looks the perfect fit, doesn't he? He um, he really does, and we and we probably will come on to talk a little bit more about um, Luis Diaz uh, a bit yeah. on in the pod, but. Um, 
if I if I just go back to to Matip um, for a second because it was it was a fabulous ball and it was it was a great assist. But Amy Kate, he is he has uh, just before that game announced also as the um, uh, Premier League Player of the Month as well. Yes, yes, he was, Very. which I was glad to see. You know him getting recognition. You know because I think a lot of times some of these players don't get the recognition they deserve. So it was really great to see that, you know, Matt Tip um, had won that and, and well-served. Yeah, he's definitely one of our unsung heroes. Um, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get that much uh, publicity other than obviously no context Joel Matt Tip. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, but, but Amy Kate, and I, I, look, I know this is a leading question, but but were you as, let's say, surprised as I was that Sanchez didn't even get a booking for that challenge on Diaz? <laughs> yeah, uh, shocking. Um, the whole thing was just shocking that they they didn't call that. Um, you know, you see the replay, and they're just like, "Are you kidding me?" And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't understand why that didn't happen. Um, it was it's an assault. Just, it literally, I mean, it looks like, you know, seeing, so it happens really quick when you, you watch it, but when they put the replays back, which I did, well, they kept put, putting it back, and I actually went online to see it again. And, I mean, it looks like he literally knocked him out, like kicked him in the head. And, and maybe he didn't, but, but it, I mean, how is that not a red card? How is that not, I just, shocking. Yet, you know, <laughs> games before, when, when, um, I don't remember how long ago it was. It's been a while, but you remember when, um, Mane ended up challenging the keeper and he yep. hit him, you know, and, and, and the keeper had come out of the box. He wasn't in the box like this situation. And Mane got red carded and, and taken out. And yeah. okay, he did hurt him. It wasn't Sissy. intentional, but, but it was, yeah, it was silly. So I was kind of like, how is that not? I know it's not exactly the same thing, but, it's a challenge, and <laughs> you know, Mane gets the red card for that, but but it doesn't happen yeah. in this game. So it was has the rules changed? I mean, am I missing something? No, I, no, you know, I don't know. Haven't changed, and that's that's <laughs> the really, that's the really frustrating thing about this is because that supposedly is what VAR is there for, yeah. right? So. To an extent, you can say, well, maybe the referee wasn't looking at that. Maybe he was looking to check whether there was an offside. Maybe he was looking to, he was following the path of the ball to make sure it was a goal or whatever. So you could legitimately say maybe the referee wasn't completely on the spot or he, he, he hadn't seen the follow through. But VAR were looking at it. They were looking at it for potential serious foul play. <laughs> Yeah. The match assaulted. The ball has gone. The ball is nowhere near him. He he basically leaves his leg up and and has got like a throat high arm taking out the player, but there is nothing seen wrong with that. And and I you know, the the guy who's who's doing VAR is is uh, you know, he's got previous anyway, but I genuinely think but they thought, oh well, it's a goal, so you know there was no offside, so so it's fine, so we don't, we don't have to worry about. It. And to my mind, that's exactly the same 
issue that we had with Van Dyke being yeah. assaulted by Pickford. Yeah. Yes. Because spent all of their time trying to work out who was offside yeah. and didn't care about the foul. Yeah. And I find I find it bizarre. I find it absolutely bizarre. It's very strange. I thought that's why we had VAR for this yeah. typical cases, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, in- so, it's, 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 it's incredible that that did not get called. I mean, thank God it, it looks and seems like DS is okay and all is well, but, you know, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Who did, who did you feel particularly, um, sort of stood out for you in that game on the Liverpool side, Amy Kate? Well, I, I think that, I mean, Diaz, of course, um, you know, I, I think that, that it was just, they, they, I think they worked together very well. Um, I, I think that they just played as a unit, as a team. And, and, you know, um, Randy mentioned Allison's save, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know if, if other uh, keepers would have been able to do that. And I just think that we have come together as a team cohesively so well that I can't really pick out one particular player um, outside of Diaz, you know, that I think was better. I just think that they've, they've done really well um, cohesively as a team. And, and that's what we want is as everybody to work together and, and to make that because you're as strong as your weakest link. So. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was a, I would say a routine-ish win for us. Yeah. I was, I was delighted with the, with the clean sheet. Obviously, the more of those, the, the better. Um, the only slight worry was, uh, Salah going off with an injury. Yes. Uh, and him uh, hitting the woodwork again. Yeah. Um, what, one hopes that this isn't, um, you know, he's just going through one of those little spells. Um, I, I fully expect him to, to take it out on some, on some teams. <laughs> <laughs> he's hit the woodwork about four times in the last three games. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it like he's, he's getting a bit frustrated with himself. Um, I don't know what you think, Randy, in terms of, um, and we will, and we may as well sort of come onto it because I think, if we talk about that intergame, I still am shaking my head as to how we ended up on the losing side yeah. in that game. Um, I don't know whether you, you saw it or managed to see highlights, Randy, but you know, I think we hit every post, the bar, we had one <laughs> cleared off the line. Um, and they, it was and crazy. They like one worldy shot. Um, which I don't, I think it either goes, you know, it goes into Rosette or it goes into the top corner. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we end up losing, losing one nil, but, but again, Salah, uh, you know, hit the, I think he hit both posts actually. He did. He, <laughs> he hit did, both yeah. posts and the crossbar. Yeah. Or and was that matchup as well? Jones as well. Or Jota. So we, that match was absolutely mad. And what I saw it and I thought, in one way, it was like we started very slowly and we didn't sort of get up to their pressing game. They were really, really well, they played really well into. But when we got to it, it was all those, you know, centimeters from actually winning that match 3-1. Yeah. It was crazy. Which and I thought I, would have been a fair reflection of the game, yeah. actually. Not 
to say, Inta did play very well. I thought they, they came in with a good game plan. They, you know, they pressed us. Um, they want to have it, but it isn't like we didn't make the chances. No. And, and I think especially Salah, especially Salah has made, you know, you can see his body language now. He gets really, really frustrated. But at the same time, next time he gets the ball, he still believes he's going to score this time. So as you said, sooner or later it's going to happen. But it's, uh, very frustrating to look at because you know how often those get inside and not in the bar or whatever or outside. It's just very frustrating to look at. It is, but I, I guess, you know, one of the things that, that's, you know, in our favour is, um, you know, let's, let's hope there isn't, it isn't a serious injury and it's just that, you know, it's just a bit of bruising or something. But, um, if we do have to lose him for a couple of games, it's not like we now don't have a, re- a really strong bench, mm. um, really adequate, um, replacements i mean you know salah is world class everybody knows that but you know we and and it feels like a little bit by stealth we we mm. suddenly looking at our bench going hold on <laughs> right that's that they've got a lot of good players on their bench yeah. um with you know a season and a half ago we were you know bemoaning the fact that, you know, we had a brilliant sort of first 13 or 14, but we didn't have much, we didn't have enough depth. And yet, you know, without much fanfare or what have you, we appear to suddenly be in a much, much better position. And I, I would say, you know, you have to add to the fact that we have an almost fully fit squad, which, you know, last season was just, was just disastrous for us. But, um, I do, uh, you know, like I said, I, I really do hope that, um, you know, it's, it's nothing serious. Um, just before we, we kind of move on to the next subject, just because we've been talking about Salah, um, Amy Kay, I don't know if you've been sort of picking up on some of the bizarre tweets and stuff his agent has been, um, putting out and also that they, they've apparently or his agent is what I would say has has been talking to Fabrizio Romano, whatever his name is, who's mm-hmm. who's an absolute clown, mm-hmm. um, and and has no you know has no in and no links with the club. I I do I do find it a strange approach by Salah's agent or Salah I should say the agent because he's really not doing himself and particularly his his client any favors mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've got a view on that actually well you know i didn't actually see it originally through the twitter stuff it's been the reactions like rio ferdinand was talking about it yesterday i believe um might have been day four but i've seen it from the aftermath of it not necessarily i haven't mm. seen the the, the um you know, actual tweets. Um, I just kind of stayed away from all of that, but it's just, it's, you're right. It's not helping. Um, it's not doing Sala any favors. It's making Sala, it's kind of painting Sala in a different way. Um, you know, they're talking about, you know, it's money. It's, you know, he wants more money and 
you know, Liverpool has, has to have a, a this threshold. They only have so much money. And I don't know. I just really hope that we can come to some conclusion because of, of a positive way for us and for Salah because I want him to stay. I, I think we all want him to stay. I think he wants to stay. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, is it, I think that's the problem with some of these agents, you know, um, Coutinho's way back when, you know, ended up leaving, <laughs> but, and then again, circumstances and whatnot. And I think he did want to go, but his, his agent was stirring the pot. Same thing with, you go back to Sterling, his agent was stirring the pot. It's these agents that, that are, you know, really kind of sticking their nose where maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> Or I wish they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, not that I have any say, but it's just, it's just sad that it comes to that. And my God, they make so much money. It's ridiculous when it starts, mm. like when they start talking about money, and I'm going, "Are you kidding me?" I get that, you know, someone else is making more than them, but there's got to be this point that, like, how much money do you really need? Yeah. So, um, you, know, you know, I I would imagine that he's you know, he's already made more money in his career up until this point than he would ever be able to spend anyway. As yeah. most of that sort of top tier of players will have. And I'm not saying I don't want him to be paid what what we think he's worth, but it is what we think he's worth versus what his agent thinks he can get, which yeah. are two, two very different things. And and for me, um, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, my I had my heart broken with Torres, right? And when he went mm. to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And oh. I, I swore after that I would never emotionally invest in a player in the same way. You know, you support, you know, you support the crest on the front, not the name on the back. And so as much as I want Salah to stay, if we put down a good uh, what what I and I don't know the de- none of us know the details right, right but right. if if we put down what we consider to be a really good offer and you know we're talking about you know like probably 300 grand a week 350 grand a week I mean mm. you know it, these are astronomical sums of money <laughs> yeah um and we also have a wave structure and, you know, the one thing you would say about our owners and we, we, you know, we'll come on to sort of Chelsea and stuff about that is that they have, you know, they've spent the last 10, 12 years making us self-sustainable as mm-hmm. a football club. Now you have people who argue about, you know, should they put more money in? Should they have done this, that and the other, whatever, right? They're not the best owners in the world. They're not the worst owners in the world. But what they have done is that they have enabled us to flourish as a as a club, you know, to to a pretty good thing. And we have we have Jurgen Klopp, and we have a, a, a what will soon be a sixty one thousand capacity crowd, and probably one of the best teams most of us have ever seen play in our life. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's a pretty decent picture overall. We cannot afford to pay one player so much we have nothing left for everybody else Mm. and that's that that's my that's my concern not and i and i'm not even convinced that that's that salah is asking for it i i do 
think this is his agent more than him. Um, mm-hmm. But my uh, my limited understanding is I think they have a relationship going back a long time, and I think they're friends. Mm. Uh, so whether they were friends before he became his agent or whatever, I I don't know. But I and I don't know whether that muddies the waters as well in terms of how Salah sees him versus how he's behaving as his agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I mean, there's a lot of sort of speculation in there, but ultimately, I don't. I don't want him to go. But if he does go, I. I believe we we will do the right thing in terms of replacing him, not like for like because you can't because mm-hmm. he is a unique player, but mm-hmm. in terms of if he goes and we will you know we will get a lot of money for him if we do this right um it will strengthen the team overall the same as we did with Coutinho. Mm-hmm. but um but I really don't want it to come to that <laughs> no. Uh, no, definitely not. And I just think it's so weird. Well, because... let's just hope that they they come to some. Yeah. Sorry, Go ahead, Randy. We're saying no, it's just it, Salah seems so uh, sound and grounded, and his agent seems so immature and stupid. So how come? You know, yeah. is this in his interest that he behaves like he does? Laughing at Klopp's last comment in the press conference, wasn't it? Something like that. Yes. And it's, uh, and I think you have to decide what type of footballer you are then. Are you a footballer? Are you in it just for the money? It doesn't seem like it is. Uh, and uh, if it is, he could go to PSG, I guess. Go there and just hang around with all the other stupid people that just wants to make money, you know. Uh, and of course he can do that. But uh, the only other teams in Britain that can pay these stupid salaries is uh, City for obvious reasons and United, which hasn't got a good team spirit, by the way. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's hope he stays. Let's hope he's, he is as sound as he seems. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope so. We, you know, we don't. Yeah, let's let's think good thoughts because there's enough yeah. bad shit going on in the world, frankly. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So let's try let's try and think positive on that. Um. Which, which sadly then brings us on to, uh, our, our next subject, which is, uh, it's not positive, but it is, it is interesting, um, I guess in, in, in some respects, because, you know, sadly with the, the war going on in Ukraine, um, and the, the sanctioning of, um, you know, Russian businesses, oligarchs and what have you in the, in the UK, uh, or in England particularly, they, they've obviously very slowly, I might add, this government, but they are, uh, because they are awash with Russian money themselves, but that's mm-hmm. a for another day. Um, they have sanctioned Roman Abramovich, and clearly part of that is his ownership of Chelsea Football Club, which is, uh, now, in effect, he's been disqualified as a director um the the uh they've been given a special license to uh continue uh operating as a football club until the end of this season so the 31st of may um with sort of special license conditions set by the government so um 
you know, the amount of money that they can spend on uh, home games, on away games, um, that they can't operate the club shop, uh, <laughs> they can't do merchandising, they can't sign pay- players, they can't sell players, um, or they can't they can't extend uh, contracts. Um, and the, I mean, there's there's a there's a little bit of you know hubris here. Uh, from from supporters of other clubs and I and I get it right because you know I I was there along with a lot of other people you know when Abramovich first came into Chelsea and just started spraying all of this money around and we and it was changing the landscape of football and not you know not necessarily for the better and you look at what's happened with you know the sovereign wealth funds in um, with Man City. Um, mm also you know Newcastle United now you've got you know their supporters happily running around with you know shake outfits on and all of the rest of it um and and football fans can be incredibly blinkered right when it comes to you know the source of funds for their teams um versus what success it potentially brings on the pitch so I have limited sympathy right for Chelsea supporters because a, a lot of them knew that the where Abramovich was getting his money from was not uh, completely kosher on the basis he now spends his time in Israel I think that's a, that's an appropriate term to use mm. but we're quite happy with it and and to my mind and like I said maybe I'm you know, I am being, you know, I, I can't say I'm not enjoying elements of the fact that some of these chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> but I I don't think you can look at Chelsea in isolation would be my view. This has happened because of what's going on in Ukraine, which is horrific. Um, but, you know, you've got you know, you've got the Saudis. There, there's been a, you know, a war and a bombardment going on in Yemen, and nobody's, you know, nobody's sort of saying, well, those people should be sanctioned or or any of those wealth funds or anything else taken away. And mm. and I just think it's, I think it's hypocritical to just maybe focus on Chelsea simply because of what's happening in Ukraine, albeit that's the reason that it has happened. But actually, some of these oligarchs should have been sanctioned years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, London grad, as, as it's been called now, it's like, yeah. you know, the you know, money laundering capital of the world. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Russian or, you know, you've got some, some dodgy deals, you can, you can come and buy stuff anonymously in London. You know, bring it on. Yeah. Uh, it's really quite depressing, um, you know, sit, sitting here, um, you know, living in this country, watching some of this stuff unfold. But I suppose the, the reason that I wanted to, to sort of talk about it um, is is because this could be, could be um, the thin end of the wedge if the football authorities actually want to do something significant on the back of this because you know the FA have turned around and disqualified him as a as a director i would argue 
if it's on the basis of of his links to Putin or his links to like somebody committing war crimes or genocide or whatever, there's a few others mm-hmm. they should be looking at. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I, I haven't posed the question, but I'm just interested in your view. Amy Kate, let me go to you on that. I've just had a bit of a diatribe, really. <laughs> no problem. No, you know, it's really sad what's happening in Ukraine, and that's the thing we need to not forget, um, is what's happening to these innocent people. But most of, from what I'm gathering, most of the Russian people don't want this. And I feel sorry for, you know, those people, you know, in Ukraine that are losing their, their lives or, you know, their home and, and just this beautiful country turning into what it is, opposed to, you know, the Russian people that don't want it. And I feel sorry for, you know, these athletes that have nothing to do with it. You know, we've got... um Kristen Pulisic, an American who plays for Chelsea, and not that I ever wanted him to go to Chelsea, but and I didn't want him to succeed while he played there against us. But you know, I mean, he's he's our best American player, and he's brilliant. And seeing what's happening for him is, um, you know, and all the other players that are stuck, I, I, that's sad and interesting to see what happens with that because you know they can't they can't leave. They can't, you know, they can't go to another team. They can't, can't get traded uh, or um, it's just the whole thing is just, I don't know. I mean, the the sanctions that are going out there, I, I don't think it's, I guess I'm kind of biased because I'm kind of thinking, good, I'm glad this is happening for, you know, we need to do stuff to get, you know, sort this thing out with, with Putin. But, you know, at the same time, I, there's, there's so many other people affected, and that's what I feel bad about is the the innocent people that are affected by this. So yeah, it's um it, it's it's just so so distressing to have to watch, and um you know I don't know if any of you made it, but you know I was in Kiev in 2018. I went there for the Champions League final. It's the most beautiful city. You know, sitting there on the on the river, it's just you know the 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 culture, yeah. the arts, people was so lovely to us. Um, and I'm sure I, I told you the story because you know we had real issues with the hotels and them mm-hmm. trying to pull the prices. And you know this this you know couple in Kiev took me and my friend in and sort of said, you know, come come stay with us. We, you know, we have a sofa bed. We'll open up our Actually, this is not how we do it in Kiev. You should not be, you know, charged stupid money by the hotels. And they looked, you know, they fed us. They, you know, they looked after us. They offered to, talk, you know, take us around their city, whatever. And and there were so many um, experiences that, that I know fellow Liverpool fans had going mm-hmm. for that Champions League final. And to, to see that city being destroyed mm. and encircled, um, by a you know a war criminal who you know who has who has invaded a sovereign country with no justification and the the the, the concern for me is you you're right Amy Kate the vast majority of Russians and there is a generational split here as well particularly all the younger Russians they they are out protesting mm-hmm. right in cities which is incredibly dangerous for them to do 
but they are protesting against the war. Um, the older generation, and I am obviously generalizing here, but are basically, you know, ha have been fed this propaganda over the last 10 years around the Donbass region, around Crimea, around Ukraine being overrun by neo-Nazis, by all of this. They are, you know, they are believing that what's being fed to them because, you know, Russia has shut down most of the all of the independent um, news outlets now, the, the radio, the TV channels and the newspapers. Um, you know, they've passed even more, you know, regressive um, laws and stuff. So so that it's very difficult for ordinary Russians to actually get access to, to what's really happening on their doorstep. So I, I have nothing but admiration for those that are protesting because they are taking their lives in their hands. Um, uh, Randy, I mean, I can't say... I'm like I said, you know, I have to be honest here. I can't say I'm not enjoying the potential thought of the the, the demise of some <laughs> elements of that Chelsea machine because you know it's been, it's been built on dirty money. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting because, of course, as you said, we we're all hypocrites in when it comes to being fans, and we 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 make sense of uh, whatever advantage we have because we want to build on our success and I'm sure that's what uh, Chelsea fans does these days as well because uh, they had brilliant times with all the, the money they've spent the last 20 years, of course they have and uh, I think going forward now, these next weeks and months, maybe this year, is going to show what is going to happen to Chelsea go, uh, in the future because how they tackle this, how they handle the situation they're in now is going to show whether this is a real club or not, because of course they've had all this money, but they must have very, very good people uh, working for the club as well, or else they wouldn't be where they are. So it's going to be interesting looking forward. But I think as you started out with, uh, Gay, the hypocrisy in the British uh, government as well at the moment is like they're pointing somewhere else and saying, look over there, that's a villain. Let's take him, you know, let's make this our scapegoat. So people don't look too much on ourselves because yeah, don't, don't, the government don't, don't, is full with Russian money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's disgraceful. Yeah, yeah. So it's sad on so many ways, I think this is at the moment, but, uh, but because they are where they are now. I mean, how can they go abroad playing Champions League for 20,000? Uh, that, that's the travel. Uh, I mean, they're going to live in hostels and drive their own cars or what the fuck, you know, it's going to be interesting to look at. I think, mm -hmm. I think they might be hiring a coach and leaving four days before. That. Yes. <laughs> like we do when we go to the Champions League match. Exactly. Oh dear. They'll just go with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> they'll have, I'll have a big convoy of fans. We'll all go together. Uh, <laughs> it's what, such a shock. I must, it must be such a shock for them, you know. Yeah, that is lovely. They're going to sit there trying to book the cheapest tickets on Rhino. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I don't, um, I don't, you know, I, I can't say there are, there isn't a little bit of short, Schadenfreuder in there no. for me. Elements and also trying to understand. So if they can't sell tickets, right? So, so season ticket holders 
um, can go and tickets that they've already sold for games can be fulfilled, but they can't sell any new tickets. So let's say, right, we drew, um, you know, let's say Chelsea go through in, into mm-hmm. the sort of the next round of the Champions League or the FA Cup or whatever mm-hmm. it is. We draw them. So let's say we, we got Chelsea in the semi final of the FA Cup. That mean that they can't have any fans at Wembley. <laughs> that means it's like eighty thousand Reds in Wembley. Yeah. Will they actually let us have the whole stadium, or would they still say, okay, there's a certain amount of tickets? You know how they do that whole thing. There's the there's the corporate crap, and then there's you know the fans, and this you know it's split, and you know yeah. they, however they come up with this. Do they actually say, okay, you know? Here's the red side. You you guys are full to capacity. I understand we have all these tickets or all these seats, but you know we can't sell those. So you know to make it not fair but somewhat fair, or do they just say, hey, we want the money and and the reds just take over as we do? (laughs) Maybe we could have all the tickets if we have half and half uh, blue shirts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to that, Randy. Yeah, that's that's not happening. So, well, I got a couple of options, doesn't it? It either it either sort of gives them to 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 the club who because let's face it, if it's a big enough club now, if it was Southampton, right, and and mm-hmm. you know who got through um, against Chelsea, the fact is Southampton couldn't fill Wembley, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but. Um, you know, they, they, but I'm sure they would take their full allocation. But I can't believe that Wembley would want a half empty stadium for an mm. FA Cup semi final. So they're right. going to have to come up with something. If it's not to the, if, if it's not the other team gets like a, a, a bigger allocation, then the likelihood is that they will, uh, I, I don't know, maybe they up the corporate sponsors, maybe they give it to, you know, further down the pyramid. But all that happens is, You'll find like Chelsea fans trying to, you know, as an example, trying to then buy, t- you know, tickets will go on eBay or they'll go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean? it's, the travel companies and stuff like that sell yeah. them as well. Um, yeah. But it's because Chelsea, it, it's the point is that Chelsea won't be able to sell them. So uh, because they can't, you know, they're not allowed to make any money. Hmm. But yeah. But, we'll... but what happens if we are going to go to their place and uh, are, are we not allowed to buy tickets for some uh, Brits? Possi- possibly. Hmm. I mean, this these are some of the, oh, the new. That's something to think about. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're right because uh, yeah, they they can't. They're not able to sell tickets for future games. Um, now. If they can't, if they can't sell them, so they can't sell home ones, and I'm presuming then they can't sell away ones. Mm. If they do, if they do sell away ones, it's that they can't have the revenue. So it would seem strange to punish the away team to not have their supporters there. But I, I again, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would have to go and do some more research to try and understand. Yeah. Uh, well, I have an idea. Why don't they just give the money to the NHS or something like that? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, you know, the, the disasters emergency committee, you know, thing for Ukraine. Yeah. Um, they sell, sell the tickets and, you know, donate the proceeds straight That's to the, so, 
definitely things that that could be done but but you know this is somewhat uncharted territory let's be honest no that's true uh, has this we're, happened uh, before i mean not in my history but i mean is there not a, at all. no okay i mean I there's so either. not not where you've had basically somebody you know a, a, an owner of a club sanctioned Right, that's different. It, like Leeds, Leeds went into administration in 2003 and didn't come back until what this year or last year or whatever it was. I mean, it took a long time, but that was different. And that was their own situation that had nothing to do with um, exactly it's their own profligacy. Um, yeah. Whereas this is this is basically saying that this this man is a is criminal and we're not um or associated with a criminal and we're we're basically not allowing him to uh you know profit from any we're seizing his assets mm. right so, which is a which is a very different thing really exactly uh, a, lot, a lot of the old ones you know it was like revenue and customers were revenue and customs were issuing like a winding up order because they hadn't played their tax bill or um you know there was some, they did some dodgy deals or what have you whereas the, the issue is that the money Abramovich has used into the club has come from dodgy sources um, uh, and he's profited from, from the Putin regime, albeit that, you know, he's allegedly laundered the money by buying Chelsea Football Club. And then, mm. you know, that's that's how, you know, that's how the sort of sports washing has, has you know, has sort of come to be. So uh, it is a... It, these are these are strange. These are very strange times, and I do wonder mm-hmm. about what this might set in train. Because if if the if the thing that comes out of this is actually the the regulation of clubs is potentially either taken away from the FA or the Premier League or whatever in terms of you know this fit and proper ownership test. Or if it's put in independent hands, or it becomes so robust that actually people like the Saudi regime, you know, their sovereign wealth fund or the Qataris or whatever, can't actually, um, you know, own what they're calling, you know, because the government have called Chelsea as a football club as a cultural asset, right? Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. to own cultural assets in the in the UK. It kind of really resets the the sporting landscape now. What does that mean longer term? There's no, you know, these people go, well, you know, we want to find some other way to, to utilize our money. So we'll go and buy something in America or go and buy something in France or, you know, Italy or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So maybe then you don't have the same level of money coming into the British game anymore, you know, and there, there are, there are all sorts of potential ramifications, none of which I think are going to happen, you know, in the next 24, 48 hours, but, I just wonder what it could mean for the future. It it's definitely not looking good. I mean, I just I just hope when they they think about this when they're doing this, and I'm sure they are, but that they're thinking about you know what this means. And I'm not I'm not opposed to to sanctioning Putin and and doing the things that they're doing per se, but they've got to think about what they're doing to the people and, and, you know, how, what are the long-term effects? I think that, I hope that they're thinking about that. I mean, just looking at here, 
um, and I know you guys probably have the same situation, and living in California, our gas is always way more expensive um, already. And I have never, until till last weekend, I have never in my life paid over five dollars for um, for gas for yeah. For, and we we do it by uh, we don't do it by liter, um, but like you guys do. But so it's even more expensive for you. But um, it's just we do it by gallon. And I go to Costco to get cheaper gas. Um, and I put the the high end is supreme in my car because I have a Mini Cooper and it's a higher end. And so anyway, um, Costco's regular or Costco's Supreme gas is the same price as regular gas right now. So I get the better grade, but it was still five dollars and nineteen cents, and I think it's gone up to like five fifty. You know, at Costco, I've, I've seen people yeah. posting at six dollars, and I'm going, this is this is insane, and this is a direct situation with what's happening in Ukraine. Um, but is it really? because yeah. of that or is it taking advantage mm. of oh look we can't you know i i'm not convinced that this is directly you know because of the war that yeah but, I but think, um i think there's some yeah. advantages being taken taken mm. you know into account here but it's affecting us you know get uh, food prices everything's going up and, yeah. and, and covid already did that and you look at things that because we couldn't get things because of covid and getting things over We've been dealing with this for the last two years of things, you know, spiking. But yeah. now it's 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 it seems now it's much much more than it was during COVID yeah. when we couldn't get it because of you know obvious reasons. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. So so I think the the um, trickling down effect and everything that's going to happen over this whole thing um, is going to affect it's it's world. It's, it's going to affect the world completely and. And that's what's World's concerning. So connected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though, um, you know, we, everybody likes to think that, you know, it's, it's not, it really is. You know, Europe, uh, particularly has been taking gas from Russia. Um, so, so the implications for them about stopping doing that are really significant. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the UK, takes much less gas from Russia but takes a lot more money um because we we're just we're just awash a, a with it and you know like I said we've got sports washing we've got property washing we've got all you know we that there is a real issue in the in the UK with with uh, you know the level of corruption and infiltration in terms of the UK government but through through Kremlin um through Putin and his sort of Kremlin and various other associates. So we, we've got a separate set of problems, but then that's exacerbated by what we did to ourselves with Brexit. Um, mm-hmm. and also we, we as a, as a country, the government in charge, you know, we, we had six, seven years of austerity, right? Mm-hmm. From 2010 onwards. Um, then, you know, then we had a referendum on the EU, <laughs> then we had Brexit, then we had COVID, right? And the, I know that this government will now say that all of the things that are going to happen are all down to the war in Ukraine, right? Mm. Which is absolute bollocks, right? So, so the increase in fuel prices, the increase in food prices, the increase in national insurance payments, the um 
all of the things that they have put in place way before this Ukraine stuff or saying we this is you know the cost of COVID and all the rest of it and mm-hmm. I know this is supposed to be a podcast and we're going well, <laughs> um, you know this is the these are all choices that they've made um and all of the costs I feel t- to your point about you know Reagan wasn't it, it talked about trickle down economics mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. this is this is a whole this is the ball game we're talking about but what a lot of they've, written, they've written off far, nearly five billion pounds worth of um fraud and ppe don't 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 want to chase it we spent 37 billion pounds on a test and trace system that didn't work right we 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 gave loads of tory uh companies mates consultancies PPE uh, contracts for for producing stuff they had no background, no understanding of, and no expertise in, um, and which and for half of them never got delivered. And we're not chasing any of that money down, and yet all of the other costs are just coming down to to the working people. So, having said all of that, and gone off onto another rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring us back onto. <laughs> once again um so uh so apologies listeners if you if you didn't want politics with your pod but there you go um so we are where we are um but i but i do think it's it's kind of very interesting times to see the the decisions that have been taken around chelsea's a football club how, how those potentially may flow through uh to the sort of wider sporting arena and and you know what we what we choose to think is really important in terms of people owning our clubs. Put it all off my chest now. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> um, so <laughs> going to, we're going to try to bring the mood up for the second part of this pod. So it it feels like a lifetime ago. However, it was only a couple of weeks ago we actually went to Wembley and beat Chelsea. Uh, the front being the subject of the day in a penalty shootout to win our ninth league cup. Whoop whoop. So uh, <laughs> that was incredible. That was a good day. That was, that a, was a very good weekend. <laughs> it was a fantastic weekend. So, um, Amy Kate, let me start with you. What? How? How were you watching the game? Were you with people? Were you in a Were you in a bar? Were you on one of your uh, fan walls? What were you doing for the League Cup? So we had we got together um, my supporters group in Carlsbad, and we had the whole place packed. Um, people came out of the woodwork. I mean, there must have been about sixty odd, um, which we haven't had a, uh, ever since COVID. I mean, it's been a very small little group of us, um, and. We just packed out the place. It was, it was incredible. We had all the TVs on and, um, fans everywhere and everybody was wearing red. And even what was really great is this, this place that we, we watch is called Senior Grubbies and they've been supporting us for the last five, six years. Um, it's this Mexican restaurant in downtown in the village of Carlsbad. And they're, the game was a little bit, um, later for us. Um, so they were already open and we had already reserved the back room and whatnot and took over the whole place. But people came in that weren't really necessarily football fans, 
but they were just so invested in and cheering us on and um they got involved in it so it was it was really cool to have such a a big loud excited crowd again um it was it was great and then of course the shootout was just so intense i mean talk about having many heart attacks <laughs> but um it was, it was brilliant and to see Kelleher score his goal you know when he went up and i was like oh yeah this is great you know um it, it was nerve-wracking but it was so cool to see um mm. you know and and the, the the reactions of um the players and whatnot and um just you know looking at Virgil it was calm as could be you know solid to this thing just looking at him but it, I also noticed the mood and the the gestures of the of the Chelsea uh Chelsea players they were there was some uh, animosity there for sure. Um, that that was interesting to see. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but I was just kind of like, okay, you know. And maybe it's just me thinking, oh, they're cocky. But it it was it was very interesting to see their their uh, reactions. Like one of them telling you to, sh- you know, and it's like whatever, <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the I, it was, it was say is how, how did that work out for them? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the better team won. Um, it, it was, it was great to, to see. I mean, to be fair, it's not, not that Chelsea didn't play well. I mean, you can't just, just like, you know, yesterday, the same thing. I mean, but I, it, it just felt so good, you know, to, to win and, and get our first trophy and, and, um, it, it was, it's a good feeling and I hope that there's more to come. Well, it's still conceivably the first of four, eh, Randy? <laughs> yes, you could say so, and let's hope for it. But uh, I'm not really. <sighs> I think it is a uh, a bit annoying that every press conference we're going to talk about that, uh, because of course for Klopp and the players is like they just have to concentrate on the next game. But for us fans, we can talk about it and we can dream mm-hmm. about it and it would be lovely, wouldn't it? And I think if any team, it should be this team doing that because it is so difficult, isn't it? Well, nobody's ever done it. Mm-hmm. It is the reason for that, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's how difficult it is. No, Nobody's ever done it. No. Um, what What would you say your your favourite couple of moments from, from the League Cup final were then, Randy? Oh, it must be uh, one of the saves that uh, Kelleher does in the, the match before the shootout because I thought mm-hmm. he was brilliant and I think it is so, so nice for a club uh, like us to have two so good keepers. Uh, it is just, uh, it, it helps so much and I'm so glad he played. So one of his saves was one of the moments and of course, uh, as you talked about earlier, the hushing from the Chelsea players, like saying, you know, we are the world champions. You just wait and see. We're going to take this in the end, you know, and not making it that was because all our, everyone on our team was so determined. It mm. looked like they could go on scoring those penalties forever. And, uh, when Kalaha put his, it was just like, yes, of course. <laughs> it's, it just had to happen. It had to happen. It was so nice. It was. It was fantastic. I mean, there's but, a few bits for me. Um, sorry, were you going to say something else? 
No, just about the nerves, you know, watching that match. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. <laughs> I yes. was on the floor. I was crawling around. I was in the pub, by the way. Uh, but it was <laughs> mad behaviour. But nobody saw it because everyone else tells the same, you know. Yeah, it was. Um, there were there were a few there were a few uh sort of moments for me. So so one of them when um Mount had that chance and hit the post and then it rolled right the way across, like the the other side of the goal. Um, where you you you're sort of wondering, you know, with with Kelleher yeah. you're wondering, you know, is is it going to be our day? Um. Clearly, in terms of, in terms of the penalty shootout itself, um, I still I think about Virgil Van Dijk. <laughs> yeah, and that penalty because Kepper went to his right and basically went go to the left, and Virgil yeah. basically went fuck you, you're not saving <laughs> this. And literally <laughs> tried to take his head off with the ball, which I thought, yeah. And it was just the look on his face. I mean, the utter contempt. <laughs> yeah. And the afterwards. stare afterwards. The, the stare, stare, you know, back at Kepler. I, loved, I, like... I loved that. Um, I also was, I couldn't believe the coolness of Fabinho. Yeah. <laughs> just chipping it down. What a crazy man. Um, and apparently he'd said to Diaz, that's what he was going to do. And Diaz sort of said to him, no, no, you, surely you're not going to do that. And he went, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes and does it. And he goes and does it. And then I, I guess the the other thing was um, Tuchel taking the decision to yeah. take Mendy <laughs> on. Yeah. Kepper on for the penalty shootout. Um, which, you know, you go, that's a, that's a brave slash stupid decision because Mendy was having a world-class game. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Mendy wasn't too thrilled about that either, you know. No. I would have thought you'd want, I mean, because to be fair, I mean, he kept all the goals out and he, he had a good game. And so it was kind of like, now you're taking He had a really good game. Yeah. But, and now you're taking me out. The fact that he, he did that and then, you know, it's like we did. <laughs> well, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, we we win eleven ten in the shootout with Kepa ballooning <laughs> yeah. over the bar. It seemed, seemed like poetic justice to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And all the memes that came out after that were oh, hilarious. He was were doing great. a goal kick, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, what did you see? The one with um. The one with Harry Redknapp. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh my god, I was dying. I was dying. That was my favorite. That was fantastic. Um, but the other bit that I, the the other two bits that I loved. I mean, there were there were loads, and you know what it's like when you know when you win, you're just inhaling content like for days after. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, But I loved the um when they were in the stadium, they were all. Uh, all the the team, all the supporters, they're all dancing to Dua Lipa. Yeah. I, after the penalty shootout, and after the thing which I thought was which I thought was great, but then I think I put it. I might have even put it on our on our group. But but the they're all dancing in the changing room. Yeah. After yeah. The, 
Acostas doing a very strange dance. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what that was, but it was hilarious. He's honestly, he's I, he is he is insane. I think that, um, <laughs> but he's fabulous. I love he's that. Yeah, funny. whatever dance he was he was doing. Um, <laughs> and the other one was uh, was it Actorberg? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Looked like he was in a little dream or whatever. Yeah. So it was so much fun <laughs> to watch that. I actually believe that. It's just so funny to look back and just, it, it was such an enjoyable moment to see them. You know, they were just going at it, having a great time, you know, not, not a care in the world, just celebrating. And it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, so the, the other, the other meme, because we are going to come on and talk about the player himself was, uh, did you see what it's so, um, like Luis Diaz, 27 days and his first trophy for Liverpool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 27 years and still nothing. <laughs> uh, that, that, that one was funny. It also the one that was, um, kind of like seeing, um, like a shooting star or something across that, that's the, the goal going out of the stadium and into the sky. <laughs> that was also a really good one. They were just very simple. Some of them were just so simple, but so, like, got the yeah. point. You know, it was just, sometimes Absolutely. those are the best. <laughs> no, it was, it was brilliant. But, but, you know, in, when you talk about the players who really shone in that game, one of the players who really shone was Luis Diaz, and we did mention him a little bit earlier. So I'm going to go back to you, Randy, to start on this, because, um, you know, he's been literally he's been with us a month. Yeah. I mean, forever. It seems feels like he's always been with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Randy, tell us, tell us, tell us how you feel about Luis Diaz. Oh, uh, just fallen in love, and as you said, it's been a month-ish. Uh, it feels like uh, years, and he is such a brilliant fit just his energy his playfulness his big smile in training his you know the the way he slotted in he said himself that this was his dream to do it like this to be here to be with this team to play as he does now but he said it was a dream (laughs) so the fact that it actually happened already is absolutely mad but I must admit when he was uh, signing I thought well I've heard about this guy for a bit now and, mm. and apparently we're interested in we're monitoring as people say and it, yeah. yeah we've been monitoring guys left right and center so you never really believe it until he's there but when he came first I thought yeah well I've seen him in Porto a couple of times we played against him he's had one or two uh, things happening in the game but I haven't really thought that he was such a smasher but mm. this goes back to every signing we do isn't it I mean the same with Salah with Manet with Shorter they also felt like, yeah, decent footballers, but nothing more. And then they come here to us and they play absolutely fantastic. So it is something happening with us. And when we get the right guys, it just, it's amazing. So he, apparently to Klopp, he has still some defending to do. Uh, of, of course he has, I guess that goes for a couple of them. <laughs> and the other match. Yeah, I but... mean, let's face it, he doesn't speak that much English yet. Um... No. 
he doesn't. And that Klopp had another good comment on that the other day, didn't he? That uh, he he's really good friends with Thiago, of course. He speaks uh, Spanish with uh, yeah. Bobby and uh, Fab and stuff like that because they speak ish Spanish ish. <laughs> but he said, I wonder what him and Elliot talks about because yeah. they are a lot together. <laughs> But apparently they talk football, don't they? You know, have, did you see those trickeries they had the sideline before, um, was it the final? They are just playing each other, uh, with a cheek, uh, you know, with a, they, they are loving being in each other's presence, it looks like. And that's, yeah. and that's lovely to see as yeah. well. Um, so, so Amy Kate, Luis Diaz, tell me. Oh, I'm just so excited to have him. He's so quick on the ball. He's got so much speed. He's, he's, he's fearless. I mean, look at, go back to the goal from, um, you know, yesterday and like didn't even hesitate. He just went for it and things could have, like I said, things could have gone completely different, but I mean, he just fits in with the team well. He's, he's just a joy to watch and, and it's just, I'm so excited to have him and, um, can't wait to see more of him. Uh, and he's starting, starting to add, you know, goals now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, you know, if, if if he's fitted in so well in such a short space of time, you you wonder, like, what he will be like next season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when it when he's fully integrated, when his language is better. As I don't know whether you saw the uh, post game interview. Because um, obviously you get slightly different coverage. But I didn't. Post- they cut it off, so I don't get to uh, see that a lot of the time. So they did a post-game interview with Andy Robertson, um, and they were asking him about Luis Diaz, and they were sort of saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, how, you know, why is he settled in so well?" And he said, "Well, um, you know, maybe it's because he doesn't speak any English really, and he can't <laughs> understand what I'm saying." Maybe that's- <laughs> He said, that, you know, mm-hmm. we're building a, a, you know, we're starting to build a good relationship, and he, he's kind of, he knows what sort of runs I'm going to make now, and I know what kind of runs he's going to make. But um, he said, he said, you know, I go to the Spanish speakers, you know, in the in the squad, in terms of, you know, if there's if there's things I want to say. But you know, he's he's a really good lad. I mean, the other thing is that you know, any Spurs fans watching this must be gutted. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we literally just came and went, oh, Spurs are negotiating. Right, Lewis, you know you don't want to go there. You really want to come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, you know, look, look what you could have won. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I have to say, I, I did not expect him to hit the ground running. The, the way that he did I I fully expected it would be you know we'll see the odd bit of him here and there mm. um, uh, you know and, and really we'll see we'll see him in the squad next season so he's certainly exceeded all of my expectations and if he only has those two goals between now and the end of the season that's probably more than I thought we would get out of him but he's he's been phenomenal absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal and he's Great not He's not even like, you know, like I said, fully integrated into the squad yet. So I'm really excited to see what, what he can, what he can do for us. Um, and the next game, um, that he could be playing for us, depending on who Klopp decides to pick, is obviously our game in hand against Arsenal, um, mm-hmm. in midweek, which 
has taken on even more importance now. Had had we played them when we were due to, which I think was December yeah. or something, um, they were, uh, you know, they were a bit of a shambles at that point. Mm. Um, they're a much different proposition um, this time round. They appear to sort of have some, you know, some structure and some sort of momentum behind them. What what are you thinking about the game, Randy? Well, I certainly wish for Erdegaard and the Norwegian to be injured. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> because he's doing very well for them at the moment. He's really got running and uh, he's making uh, goals and assists uh, all the time. So I'm a bit afraid of uh, Arsenal right now because they look very, very good. But at the same time, I think we should take pride in our team and say that we could actually beat anyone now, right now. We could. Uh, we played uh, Chelsea in the uh, final that could have been the Champions League final. I mean, we must say, I, I think we're going to win that match, but it's going to be, as you said, so much uh, harder right now. We need to win that match, though. <laughs> yeah. And going in with that mindset, I think, makes a big difference because we have to take each game at a time. And if we want to finish top of the table and, and win league again this year, we have to go through that. We have to we have to win every game and it's really gonna come down, I think, to when we play City, you know? Um mm. so it'll be the Yeah. It, 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 it's it's a do or die kind of thing. And and Liverpool shows up with those things. They 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 definitely when they want it, they want it. So um and I know we want it. So it, it's definitely <laughs> we, um it's gonna be interesting. We're going to bring it. We want it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I also would great, take great pleasure in beating old Lego head as well. He annoys me. Um, he, I, I think he's, I think he's got delusions of grandeur myself, but anyway, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll end up being incredibly successful at Arsenal, but there is something deeply irritating about Mikel Arteta in my view. Oh, it's because uh, he's good looking. He's, he's 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 pretty to look at. That's what's irritating. Well, <laughs> not his hair though. <laughs> no, no. Just put a hat on him. <laughs> oh, you know, each each for their own. Uh, uh, doesn't do anything for me, but um, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so we we play Arsenal next and then we obviously have the FA Cup game against Nottingham Forest, which would have been our home game against Man United, which obviously is now going to be rescheduled. Mm. Um, so uh, it, it probably works very well for you time-wise, Amy Kate, but that game is scheduled for 6pm on a Sunday night in, <laughs> over here, which actually, for you know, assuming that it didn't go to extra time or penalties, is actually sort of tr- quite tricky for some people to get a train, you know, to actually get public transport. Home. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> for that, um, and and I see no reason why it has to be six p.m. They the the, for the powers that be for whatever reason. There's four quarterfinals. They put one on a Saturday and the other three on a Sunday, so they haven't even split them equally. And then <laughs> they put they basically made them something like twelve, four, and six, which is just Anyway, they are what they are. So, so we've got Nottingham Forest. Um, first time we've played them in the FA Cup, I think, uh, not quite since Hillsborough. Hillsborough. 
but it's um yeah i mean it's i think that it's been a long you know, time. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of sort of resonance there um having said that I, I think some of their fans are not nice um and i i suspect it's going to be quite a spicy atmosphere at the city ground is is my take on it um so i've got friends going who are sort of saying you know they're expecting it to be a little bit tasty round there um but you know it it'll be what it be and and, and Nottingham Forest aren't going to be uh, you know any pushovers you know they they knocked Leicester out um and they obviously beat whoever it was Huddersfield yeah round mm-hmm. um so so that you know their their tails will be up it's a home game it's a fun day you know it's on live on TV they've got nothing to lose so mm. i right. it to be um, I expect it to be a, a, a hard game. I, 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 I still think we sh- we should win, but I, but I am expecting that to be a hard game. Um, Just hope for no injuries. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the main thing to to kind of get out of there unscathed um, and and move on um, because next next week is actually quite pivotal about whether. Um, notwithstanding, I know we've we've still got to play Watford before we play Man City, and and you know Watford have turned us over before, so I'm not taking anything for granted. But next week, we at the end of next week, we will know whether we're in the semi-finals of the FA Cup and whether actually having won that game in hand, if we've won mm. that game, and then it really is potentially game on at the mm. Etihad in a couple of weeks' time. So mm-hmm. be a really pivotal week for us, um, which is what you want. You want every game to mean something, right? Yeah. But but also, can I just say that we have the quarterfinals of the Champions League on each side of the City match. So we do. So if yeah. we draw, if we get City in the Champions League, we're going to play them three times in one week or whatever. It's going to be ridiculous. So that is uh, exciting as well, isn't it? The draws. It is. Hmm. Is so so just just on that then. Um, do you have a? And I appreciate there's there's games still playing to be played this coming week to to sort of finalise the lineup. But at the moment it's us, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and Man City thus far. Um, I'm sort of expecting Chelsea to go through against Lille. Um, you know you've got Juve against uh, Villarreal. I would assume that Juve would go through, but I don't. I don't know. You've got Ajax against Benfica, um, and you've got. She said, desperately trying to remember who the other tie was. <laughs> uh, oh, you've got yes. a great memory because <laughs> I no, couldn't remember. I, I think I wiped it from my mind because it's Man U against Atletico Madrid. It's like yeah. it's like the shit that you know the shit tie of the world. Yeah, I want to lose, but they can't. So. <laughs> Exactly. I really want to meet Man U. The trouble is, they they are not going to get past the Leicester, are they? Do you know what they might? They actually you never know. <laughs> never can tell. Atletico were not the force they were, um, but it's uh, Old Trafford, so you know you never can tell. Old old you know old rapey boy might come up trumps again. So um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we we will see. But you know, if you if you could if you could pick, are you saying that's who if they go through, that's who you'd want in the next round? Then, Randy, you saying you want Man U? 
Ajax och Ajax och maybe Juve. Okay. Det, uh, I'm not sure they're going to get through across the Villarreal. Amy Kate, if you could hand pick your opponent for the quarterfinals of the Champions League, who would you want? God, you know, I, I don't really care. I, I don't really want to. I don't really want City because I kind of just we have enough of them. So it's who yeah. I don't want. I really just don't want to deal with City. I'd like someone else to take them out. Um, yeah. So we don't have to play with them because you know play them because we we have enough of them. Um, but no, you know, but watching, so when I was watching, um, Liverpool play, um, this week and Byron was playing on the other television at the pub, um, now I wasn't really yeah. paying attention to be honest, but there were, you could hear the, the goals and whatever. Five, was it five nil or something? I mean, uh, I think you'll find it was, uh, seven one. It was one. seven. Oh, so I stopped crazy. watching. I stopped watching it. So, so I, yeah, okay. So, like I said, I wasn't really paying attention, but they're the ones that scare me right now. After that, I'm kind of like, oh. So I don't think I really want them either. (laughs) So, so I think those are the two I really wouldn't want to play right now. Watch, those are what we're going to get because I said it. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I, those are the two that make me nervous. Yeah. What I what I really want is I want I want two other English teams to draw each other in the quarterfinal. So assuming that either Chelsea and or potentially Man U will will go into the quarterfinals, I want I want one of them to draw uh, one of the, the other. other an, an, yeah. An, yeah, that'd be good. Out. Um, uh, I like that. And then, <laughs> um, and then you know, like. Eventually, we could have I don't know, Ajax or Benfica or something. Because I, I, to my mind, the Champions League, you want to be playing the big teams from other countries. I'm not interested yeah. in, in other English teams. I don't give a shit. Um, I'd rather none of them were in it. But you know, you can't have everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying about that. It's, it's really hard to want to see another English team, especially when it's. United or Chelsea or City, you know, um, yeah. be, beat us or, or be successful. Like, you just, you know, you, it's hard to cheer for that or hard to like want to even watch it, you know. I didn't watch oh, the, I've, I've never, the, I've never watched a, um, a Champions League, uh, final that had another English team in it ever. <laughs> I have no interest. I only want to know that they've lost, and then I'll watch the highlights. Yeah. So I have no interest in watching any other team be successful in Europe. Um, <laughs> so we will see on Friday the 18th of March, I believe it is, is the Champions League draw. So we'll know who the quarterfinalists, and we'll know who, because they do the quarterfinal and semi-final draws together. So we'll oh, know right. who play if we get through. Um, mm. That will be exciting. Um, and let's then, hope they don't mess it up this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, oh my god! Hope. I mean, Jesus, there's only like <laughs> there's only going to be eight teams left. You know how how bad badly could they fuck it up? But, well, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and then so so that will be on the Friday, and then the Sunday we'll play Forest in the um, FA Cup quarterfinal. So it's all coming together. Um, so. 
we're now going to move on to um, any other business. So, um, and I know we 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 like to um, sort of focus uh, and and talk about the the LSE women team as well. And Amy, Kate, they are doing very very well. They are. They are. They they've got six games left. They're top of the table with 39 points. They're uh, seven points um, clear. So. Um, this is looking like a good possibility that they will be promoted this year back to where they belong. So uh, Matt Beard's done a really great job with the girls. We've got a really great team. Um, it's it yeah. seems like they're they're very cohesive Thank together you. and good job since she's come in. Sorry, you broke up. Oh, sorry. I was just saying it looks like um, Katie Stengel's really done well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's great to um, see an American in there. Um, she's, she's scored quite a few goals, and um, she's, she's, it's really funny to watch her on Twitter because she's gotten so lost with, you know, the, the Englishisms, I guess. I'm not sure what to say, but, you know, she, she doesn't really understand. There was a really funny video. Um, they were talking about tea, and she's like, she, she didn't understand because in America, we don't, we, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you yeah. know, we don't, or occasionally supper, but depending on where you are in the United States, but there's no tea. Tea is a drink to us. You know, <laughs> I understand that because I have enough friends and been around it, but the tea is dinner, but, but she's like, so you drink tea for dinner? Like she was just so confused. And, 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 you know, she's trying to understand, um, the whole concept and they're trying to explain it to her. And, and I don't think she's quite got the, the grasp of the Scouse accent yet either. Cause, uh, Missy Brokerns is trying to explain it to her and she's just like, like deer in headlights. It's hilarious. And, and her, her tweets are very funny. Um, because she's, she's just trying to like grasp like the, the, the way of yeah. life in Liverpool. And it's absolutely brilliant. And she's taking it with, you know, a grain of salt and she's having a good time, but she's, she's definitely, um, you know, learning curve so so and they've they've taken her on and and um, i think she's really part of the team but it's it's really funny um to to see the the disconnect of the english language really yeah um you know and i and i i forget because you know i've loved football my whole life and um you know we obviously we call it soccer here but but it's um I, I don't know at this point what what's the difference between English and British English and American English as far as terms because I'm so used to it. But somebody that comes from you know yeah uh, a, a new place you know they what you know I mean there's so many things that we say differently than um than Very they do true. in the UK and and then then put put them put them in Liverpool and and the, it's a whole other thing. I think if you're you know the 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 slang and everything and um it's just it's just fun <laughs> she's doing a good job she's doing a good job she is she is that's uh, and, and it's brilliant we're, we're delighted to see that they're hopefully um heading heading for promotion so we'll we'll keep an eye out on their next few games if any um any of our listeners uh are interested you know you can go and watch them they're playing at trenton park um so not not this weekend they're away at Charlton, but um, they do still have some home games living up. So if you're 
in the area and you can go and support them, please do. Um, we have a bus for them as well. Um, they've been doing coaches to the games to get you there, and they've also been setting up coaches for, I'm seeing it all over um, social media, um, for some of the away games. They're really trying to, you know, help support uh, the the girls, and, and the tickets are very inexpensive, and they've they've really built up a supporters group and and um it's it's great to see what they what the what's been going on in the last year um and it's it's fantastic to see you know that we're you know getting some recognition for the women in, in football and and it's nice to see Liverpool going back cuz Matt was um the coach back when they won it i think yeah, in won it back, back yeah i think it was was it I might have this wrong. Was it 11 and 12, or do I have that wrong? Uh, I think I, so. Yeah, they were. I'd have to look at it again, but it's been a long time since, mm-hmm. since Liverpool. Yeah, we 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 felt them graces uh, as you do, <laughs> but they're coming yeah. back, and and um, you know, and and, and football is, as as a whole for women is is really coming together. I mean, it's still a long way to go, but I'm really excited to see. What's going on? There's, you know, con- TV contracts and things going on now, and and it seems like England's really kind of starting to grasp that there really is women's football. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. So, so, so fingers fingers crossed. Uh, everything goes well for their last uh, six games of the season. So we'll keep an eye on that. Any other business from you, Amy Kate? Yeah, I wanted to bring up. Um, I'm sure we've, we've talked about, um, her game too, um, a couple podcasts ago. And, um, it's been about, I don't know, 10 months now that, that, um, Kaz and her group started this in the UK. And it was really a campaign against, um, uh, sexism and, in football. And they've got over a hundred, um, teams now that are, are partnering with them. And, um, we just started, um, her game to USA in conjunction with them, working with them. Um, and I'm on the leadership team with that with some fantastic girls around the country. Um, really excited to, to start, you know, um, supporting this campaign in the United States as well. Um, we've already have our first two, we've only been doing this for a couple of weeks now, but we already have our first two teams and we're working on some, um, some more to, to join the campaign and, and really just, um, you know, bring awareness to football to, to um and the abuse of, of abuse within football and and make it a, a safe haven for women and, and, and girls to be in the stadiums and um have a safe forum and and um you know just make it more welcoming for them and welcoming environment. So that's kind of the big big thing, big push right now and um it's become very successful. I'm really excited to be a part of that. That's fantastic. That is that is really really um, good news and and you know a really important um, campaign uh, because you know we we're here. We talk about football. We love football. You know we we go to stadia. Um, you know we we've all you know sat in pubs and you know had uh, men look at us in surprise when we know the offside rule or we can actually talk intelligently about you know, fixtures or tactics or structures or whatever it is. It is, you know, football is should be the great leveller and and mm-hmm. gender shouldn't come into it. So 
Um, I hope we have great success with that and, you know, make sure you promote it as well on social media so we can, um, you know, we can all share amongst our followers and try and get the message out as widely as possible. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's, it's her game too, um, on Twitter, Facebook and, um, Instagram and the US one is her game to USA. And I just want to say a big shout out to Jen, both Jessica's and, uh, Marissa and Tasha. Those are the girls that I'm doing it with. Um, and it, we've got two Liverpool. Um, Jen's another Liverpool supporter, uh, two Arsenal, uh, a Norwich City and Juventus. So we've kind of, um, those are the, those are the teams that the ladies all support. So it's not all Liverpool. But, um, you know, we're, we're open to making sure that no matter what team you support, um, in the MLS here in the United States or in Europe, um, you have a safe haven and, and, you know, to feel comfortable and, and have a, um, you know, to, to just, you know, change, change the, the, the landscape of what women's football looks like or football in general for women. Um, is the idea. So um, I'm excited to to continue to promote this and, and get awareness because I think that's the, I don't think they realize how um, condescending sometimes that they can be and, um, you know, the jokes aren't funny. So, um, you know, and, and just, we, we should all be able to have a, a an intelligent conversation and, and equally love the, the, the sport, you know, together. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll uh, keep you posted. Brilliant. Thanks, Amy Kate. Randy, any other business from you? Well, uh of course I'm sharing for her game too. Uh, I really admire what you're doing there, Amy Kate and uh, all the rest of you. So of course we're gonna share that on social as well. Uh having been a fan for so many years and as you said, okay, you get the most stupid questions from men sometimes. But anyway, moving along, um, the, um, <laughs> uh, you know, my, um, my little hints earlier to a uh, solution for uh, Wembley with the uh, yeah. Liverpool fans putting the blue shirts on. Actually, <laughs> that might have been quite um, sensible because just now I saw a leak on uh, Twitter well, presumably a leak for our next third kit. And that is fucking blue. You're kidding. I really can't believe it. I'm not going to put on a blue shirt. What are they thinking? I mean, earlier we'd had the turquoise or whatever that was. And I like that colour. That's a different colour, isn't it? This is not blue. Yeah. But this is a bright blue. What the fuck? (laughs) What are they thinking? I know. Who's thinking? Nothing. Who is doing you this? To, um, you need to try and find somebody who works for Nike yeah, over there because, and have a word with them. Yeah, because it actually looked like Chelsea's next uh, year kit, you know? It's so well, strange. The question well, that, I have, okay, Nike has, <laughs> Nike's designing this, but... Yeah, and they and, must have and, mixed and, up ours and Chelsea's shirts. Right, but don't we have the, the powers to be, the, whoever it is that makes these decisions, I don't know if it goes all the way up to Billy Hogan or if it's, you know, but, but, but Liverpool has to approve this, right? I like, I, I mean, I can't imagine that they don't have a say. So, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> if they have a say, how are they allowing this? <laughs> it's just this strange. Is a good idea. 
<laughs> you know, there's there's certain things with certain clubs that certain colors can't be. And bright blue is a color that Liverpool can't be. It's it's like telling Everton to wear red. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you, it's it's just a mind boggling, mind boggling. Ah, <laughs> oh. let's I, just put some dust Randy. Let's just use them on Wembley then. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah exactly. It's summer strange going on in the world, so I guess that is not the worst. But it is interesting and strange. <laughs> well, we've had some interesting, the last few years, very interesting kits come across, you know, from all yeah. the different teams in the different leagues. And you're just like, that was bad, but at least we didn't look like a zebra. <laughs> you know? Or, yes. You know, even as bad as some of them we're looking at, we're like, oh. And I, the the, the one that, last season that you said you liked the turquoise I just wasn't a big fan of it I loved the color that the color I thought was nice but the way it was put together and the yeah. and the way they were trying to say oh it's the, it's the you know top of the Shankly gates and the, you know it's the liver bird yeah, the color yeah. of the liver I, how like how far-fetched in my mind I mean maybe I just don't get the marketing thing but I'm like how are you buying this bullshit? You know? <laughs> and, and, and I remember knowing we were getting, um, getting the, the Nike as our new, as we all knew it was coming. And that was going to be our new, um, sponsor for the next five years or whatever it is. And I was in the pub and we were playing Chelsea actually. And so there was a couple of the Chelsea people I was chatting with and there was a guy that was wearing that season's and they had a similar I thought at first it was like blue camo, but when they yeah, got close yeah. up, they explained, and I said, I, I'm not trying to take the piss. I really want to understand, like, first of all, do you actually like the kit? And, and, and second, like, what is that supposed to represent? And they said it was supposed to be parts of Stamford Bridge. And that's yeah, exactly. when, you know, when, when our, ours came out, I said, that's exactly what they're doing. Cause they're cookie cutter, even though they swear up and down, they're not. And it's hilarious. Like, um, when you're seeing some of these teams and you're, you know, like last season, um, it was identical. Allison's keeper shirt and I think it was Zenit. Like it was literally the only difference was one thing. It was the, the, um, the patch between ours and theirs. That was everything. It was identical. And I'm like, and this isn't cookie cutter, you know, and you're looking at, oh, well, it's, it's a different color, same pattern. I don't understand how, how people want. <laughs> oh, it's just. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, let's see but what it ends it up what with now, though. We don't know whether this is just a oh. fake one or whatever. But God, it's, it's too soon to bring that out. Oh, <laughs> everybody's gonna start stressing on that and focusing on. Like, I don't get why they're they're. It's not even April yet, and they're leaking it. Oh my God, it's like starting <laughs> starting to have Christmas ornaments come out next <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> oh, help us all. Oh. Yeah, it's not. I mean, like I said, when, I, when I'm in charge, they'll only be <laughs> to have one one kit every two years. This is yeah. bringing out. What happened to that well money? Season. They, they, I want to say it was 2000 and cause I, the, the, when we had before, I guess, oh, actually it was, it was when we went to Warrior slash New Balance. 
we were having them every couple of years. You'd have a different away and third kit, but you kept the same home kit for a couple of years. And there's no reason except for greed and money yeah. that we need to have a new shirt every year. Like exactly. it's, it's, it's all about marketing and money and, mm. and they're so expensive and it's gotten worse. Like, I mean, when we yeah. went to Nike, oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's, it's absolutely shocking to see. And I, I've been told that I cannot stand American football, so I don't follow it, but their shirts are like 300 bucks. So, I mean, I, so we I, think I, ours are expensive. Hmm. No, they they are. They're they're a ridiculous amount of money because I do, as you know, I do like the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't buy much in the way of merchandise, um, mainly because um, it is ridiculously expensive. Um, and I only ever, if I am ever going to buy anything, I only ever buy it if there's a sale on. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're it's still expensive they're, with the sale. <laughs> it, it's still expensive with the sale. Um, and basically I'm, I'm still using, um, I'm still using my, my cowboy shirt from, uh, sometime in the nineties where I, I bought it, I, I don't know, sometime in the nineties. Um, and it's, they were the, the to beat. <laughs> yeah. and the, the, you know, it's got Emmett Smith on the back of it, right? That's, oh my that's, gosh, yeah. that's, that's how the thing, but that's, that's my shirt. That's what I wear, right? I haven't, uh-huh. you know, I've never, I've never replaced it. And I think it was probably, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think because I think I bought it in America. Um, so I reckon it was probably about $50 when I bought it, but we're talking, you know, however yeah. 20 20 years ago or something i don't know 25 years ago whatever it might be um so i uh, that's that's my that was my one investment <laughs> but that was a lot of money then though too i mean it's just what? It yeah it, it's it's then. what i don't get is why they don't make things more affordable for everyone you know they yeah. I get that, that, you know, the, the, the rich and upper class people, you know, buy a family of four or family of six shirts and then, you know, they spend a grand and not even batting an eye, but the, the fans, not all fans are like that, you know, it's just, you know, to, to have one shirt every couple of years for some families. I mean, thank God they have like the t-shirts and things that they had brought out, but that are kind of like little replicas, but, it's just, especially when kids are outgrowing them and you wear them for like a year and then, you know. I know. But the, pro- the problem is most football clubs, and I'm sure ours is no different, they they build their budgets and they're, they're commissioned on, strategy, on the fact that they're going to be releasing at least one shirt every season. So there'll be, mm-hmm. a, be an income line against that. Um, mm-hmm. what, oh, what Absolutely. It- and therefore, if they if they don't do it, they have to find a way to to you know backfill that income line somewhere else, um, which I guess potentially could be ticket prices or it could be it could be something else. But, and this is the problem, you know. Ultimately, football ends up eating itself if it doesn't do the things. And you know, and the the problem is, and we we're sort of running out of time now. And I and I do want to come back to this subject probably on the next pod. But um, you probably would have picked up 
um, UEFA's announcement about the changes they're planning to make to the Champions League from the 24-5 season, Mm. which is a de facto European Super League. Right, so whichever way you wanna you wanna cut it, which ends up at potentially, I think another hundred games per season, um, and it and it's just it's farcical, right? Because there's not enough space now in the fixture list for everything we've already got, and Arsene Wenger's banging on about having a World Cup every two years. Um, well, that got shut down, thank God. Yeah, but but at some point something has to give. This is probably the death knell for the League Cup, or at least at least for like the you know the top eight Premier League clubs or something. If their you know if their intention is to to you know qualify for the Champions League, thing, there's no space. There'll be no space to play things like the League Cup anymore. So I don't. I, I certainly don't know what all the answers are, but let's let's park that because we haven't got time to talk about it now. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I am I am going to come back to that because I just I I find it mind blowing and and it is purely about money. Um, yeah. So we have come to the end of this uh, this pod. It's been it's been great being back together. So it is a little bit of a bumper edition, dear listeners. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> even, even with my couple of rants going through it, um, and we will. Uh, we will be talking to you again very soon. So thank you, Amy Kay. Thank you, Randy. Um, and we'll be back sooner than you know it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.